thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill, and this week I have a special favor to ask. If you enjoy this podcast or have received some information from this podcast that's helped you, I'd love it if you would head to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. And this week in wellness, new research published in Science has shown that remnant viral DNA from historic infections can remain in the human genome and serve as antivirals that protect against present-day viruses. The results show that in the human genome, we have a reservoir of proteins that have the potential to block a broad range of viruses, said Cedric Fashotti, Professor of Molecular Biology and Genetics in the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences. Around 8% of the human genome is believed to be derived from endogenous retroviruses that introduce their RNA into a host cell, where it has been converted to DNA and integrated into the host genome, allowing the virus to replicate. In some cases, the viruses may infect germ cells, such as an egg or a sperm, allowing the DNA to pass on to the next generation and become part of the inherited human genome. The researchers were able to show that proteins generated by DNA of retroviral origin were able to block cell receptors and hence prevent entry and infection by a broad range of viruses circulating in non-human species. We found clear evidence of expression, Fashotti said, and many of them are expressed in the early embryo and in germ cells, and a subset are expressed in immune cells upon infection. As always, the links are in the show notes. And my take on this is it's really interesting to have a look at just how the RNA from viruses can find its way into the human genome find its way into the reproductive component of the human genome and then be passed on to the offspring. I mean, the idea that 8% of our DNA might be from viral origin is just mind-blowing when you think about it. And to think that our body is then taking that DNA, is then replicating that DNA and, and using it for its own resources is quite amazing. And so I think it's just a great reminder that the human body is smarter than we think, you know, and more complex than we think. And not as simple as we think. And, you know, I think sometimes we think we can outsmart it, that we think we can do better, we think we can know better. And then things like this come along and remind us just how little we actually know. And I think this adds further to the hygiene hypothesis, which suggests that, you know, maybe if we focus too much on hygiene, if we're constantly trying to avoid bacteria, if we're constantly trying to avoid viruses, then we may, in fact, be missing out on the vital role that both bacteria and viruses play within the human body. You know, we have, it said, something like 300 trillion viruses in our body at any one time, and they form part of our ecosystem. They're part of us as humans in just the same way that bacteria are part of us as humans. And I think we understand that much better in terms of bacteria now that we have a good understanding of the beneficial role that bacteria play, especially in our gut and especially in our digestion, but also in various other ways throughout our body as well. And we're only just coming to understand that it's kind of the same with viruses. And so we need to start thinking about our bodies differently, you know, rather than human and non-human. You know, we need to start thinking of it as an ecosystem. Think of it like a rainforest where, you know, you have things in there that you may perceive as bad and that, and that might be spiders or rats or, you know, whatever you don't like. But really, they're all an important part of that natural ecosystem. They're helping to maintain balance. They're helping to maintain homeostasis. They're helping to maintain health. And perhaps that's the way we need to start thinking about the various virus and bacteria in our body. It's not that we need to eradicate them totally. It's not that we don't ever want to see them or be exposed to them. But we want to manage 
what we're exposed to, how we're exposed to, how much we're exposed to it, and, and also manage our ability to deal with that, make sure that we're keeping our body healthy so that we can keep them in check, keep them in balance, keep them in homeostasis, and not allow it to be a you know a scenario where it gets right out of balance, as we perhaps saw in you know the industrial revolution when we compare many of our stats now in terms of you know viral and bacterial loads and, and the issues that ensue back to that time. You know we, we like to use that as evidence of you know modern medicine, but it, but it may well be that it's also evidence of you know improvements in sanitation improvements in work standards you know reduction in work hours potentially and in certainly some jobs you know the availability of clean air the availability of uh, proper sanitation of, of ablutions all of those sort of things that have had a massive effect in that time as well and it's, so it's all of those things that allow us to maintain balance and maintain homeostasis between the human the bacteria and the virus and so you know, I think we really need to understand it in a different way now we sit and they start thinking of the human body as an ecosystem and trying to find balance rather than trying to eradicate. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.